Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. And in this episode, I sit down with Tom Story. Now, Tom is a top producing real estate agent and team leader of the Story team in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Now, Tom has been selling real estate since he's since he was 22 years old and has gone from zero to the top 1% for all of Royal LePage Canada in a very quick five-year window. Now, he's been the go-to source for the Toronto media and often appears on CBC, CTV, and Global News as their local real estate expert. Now, his team focuses on a very simple model. Visibility beats ability, and how using the platinum rule can help take your business to the next level. So sit back and listen, or watch this outstanding interview. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Hello, everybody. My name is Rich Fournier, and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy I'm super excited to have for the second time, so we messed up the first recording, Tom Story from Royal LePage in Toronto, the Story team. Tom, thank you so much for being gracious enough to come back and re-record this podcast. Absolutely. You know, if you have ever a second time to do something better, you always take the opportunity. So thank you for having me. I'm super disappointed the first time because you were excellent. You were amazing guests and I was really honored to have you. Um, you ha- you're having some amazing results in the Toronto real estate market. And of course, this podcast is about creating a peak result in business or life. And today we're going to focus on, of course, peak results in the real estate industry. Yeah. And um, you've had an ex- extraordinary run. I mean, you're top 1% with Royal LePage. Um, and you've done that over the course of five years. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, a very, very difficult thing to do in the most competitive marketplace I think in Canada and, and some could argue the world in terms of real estate. Yeah. It's, you know, the funny stat with uh, even just GTA in general, right? When you run the numbers is like, I think there's like 54,000 people with real estate licenses and, and then you divide that by the population of 7.5 million. And it, it gives you like a hun- one in every 128 people, including like children have a real estate license. Then you take away all the people under 18 and it's like almost 1% of the population, the GTA has a real estate license, whether they use it as one thing, but has, right? So it's just like, you just have to do something to be different than everybody else because there's a lot of the same out there and there's a lot of good that are the same, but especially when you're starting new, like if you just try to blend in with everybody, you're going to fall behind. So yeah, I, um, I started this right out of university. I've never done anything else. I, I started when I was 22. I, I wanted to get my license when I was 18 and I was basically told like, maybe not. <laughs> um, I didn't have family in the business or anything. So I'm actually happy I didn't do that. I went to university, grew up, you know, built a foundation. And then in my fourth year, I started taking my license and this has been it. So I think with me, it's like, I didn't really have any other option. I was like, I had to succeed at this. And, uh, in my first year in real estate, you know, the joke I always make is like, I was 22. So nobody that actually knew me that was my age and trusted me could afford to buy anything. Their parents certainly didn't trust me and they couldn't even afford to lease. Like I had no one that actually knew me that could, 
make any decisions that could help my business. So it was tough. And my first year and a half in real estate, I was living in my parents' basement. And it was, I think the one big thing was that because I didn't have a a big overhead of expenses, it, it kept me kind of focused. But yeah, I remember like, you know, six months into my first year sitting at the office and I was like there late one night. And I was like, I've made $10,000 in six months. This isn't going to work. Like, this just isn't going to work, right? Like, had no, I was, wasn't doing anything the right way. It was my first year. It, it was a great year in terms of like learning what not to do. But, you know, I think you kind of have to experience it for yourself. And I was so close to just being like, oh man, I don't know how this is going to happen. And then one day it just like clicked where it's like, I have no other option. I better work my ass off. And it's kind of just gone from there and turned into things that have been really cool. So let me ask you a question. In that moment of inflection or decision or that moment when someone has to make a choice, yep. a real choice, a real decision about do I continue or not, did, was there a catalyst for you to make a decision to continue? Was there somebody influencing you? Was there a voice somewhere? Was there a YouTube video? Right. What was that to, that forced you or, or allowed you to make that decision? I think for me, it was about a month after that, I had kind of stuck with it. I was still running around everywhere. I went to a real estate conference in Toronto and I sat at the back, like, you know, minding myself, wasn't really a part of it. And I just remember seeing all these people like go on stage and talk about their business models. And what I realized was I was overcomplicating everything uh, in those first six months, like trying to reinvent everything. And I remember like just sitting in the back and like looking at everyone on stage and not in like an ego way, but just being like, man, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Like they're, they're not doing anything, you know, new or secret or something that we don't know about. They're just doing things consistently. So that's really what it was for me as I remember sitting there being like, oh, I, I can't give up. Like there's so much opportunity here and I'm so happy that that happened because, you know, it's, it's crazy how like once just the mindset switches from like, I can't do this to like, I'm going to make this happen, how results kind of just start showing up. It's like, a, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, you kind of flick the switch and, and put tunnel vision and, you know, cool things start happening. You know, there's a saying that says, act boldly and unseen forces come to your aid. And when you create a space, when you make a firm decision, it's like your brain, um, starts looking for all the opportunity because you've given it a goal to go towards. You've made a firm decision. And yeah. indecision creates controversy in the brain. And you can't do anything when you're in indecision. Right. And when you made that decision, the world moves for you. And I think people, when they don't act in faith, it's because they don't believe that the activity that they're going to do is going to create a result. And you know, what gave you that sense of, of confidence yeah. in a very competitive market that, you know, you could do something like that? I think for me, it was like, I saw enough proof of other people following the same system or what they do or, and, and I, and I saw it, like, it wasn't like a one-off. It was like all these people doing similar things were getting similar results. And, and I'm actually really happy in some way that I, was so naive when I started because when people told me to do things after that, people that I respected and trusted, I would just do them. Like there was no second guessing. Like, you know, I see a a lot of the feedback I get 
sometimes is like people that run teams, you know, they have a new agent come on that had had a past career before and you're, you're, you're set in your ways, right? And when you're told to do something new, you kind of go like, okay, I get that, but this is how I'm going to do it. Where I think for me, it was like, because I didn't have anything before, there was nothing kind of blocking me where, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. Okay, I'm going to do it and let's see what happens. So I think that was really beneficial that I think I'm just coachable. Like if you tell me something and there's stats behind it and I have proof, I'm going to do it and see what happens. You've done some pretty amazing things um, <clears throat> over the last, you know, I, I was on your YouTube cha channel actually taking a look at what you've done and, <clears throat> you know, you've, um, you're basically the go-to source for currently for Toronto media. Um, sometimes you appear on CBC, City TV and Global um, to discuss real estate stuff, but your YouTube channel in the last 30 days had over 7,000 views. Um, in the last 30 days for a local real estate guy, that's some pretty good traffic. Is that a focus of yours to differentiate yourself in the industry? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm big on video. Um, and I'll be the first to tell you like the reason why I'm so big on video and not on other platform, like why I'm not writing or blogging is cause I'm no good at that. <laughs> right. Like I realized that and I realized I was comfortable on video. So yeah. I mean, and, and even since, you know, all this started, I've almost doubled or tripled down on the content that I'm putting out for video. Cause I think you have to be the voice of reason for people. Um, and when our clients or even just our coworkers are sitting at home watching the news all day, getting fed negativity, um, you know, numbers are one thing, but like if you can actually explain them and break them down and educate people on them, I think that really sets you aside. And I had, I had decided one thing in my business was it was like over four years ago. I was like, I'm going to create a market update every single month and send it to my database. And that's when I'm staring at the camera, I'm speaking to my people. Like that was the mindset. So it was really easy to have the conversation, but obviously because I've made it, I'm going to leverage it on every platform anyways. Uh -huh. um, so, so that's when it started. And my whole thing is my, my whole business model now is based on like three simple words and it's like visibility beats ability. And I learned this from uh, Steve Passanelli, who's the CMO over at BombBomb. And I interviewed him once and he kept saying it. I'm like, Steve, what are you talking about? Like ability matters. And he's just like, yeah, but basically I don't care how good you are, what you do if nobody knows. So my whole thing was like, okay, what can I do? Because my name's not known in the industry. I'm a young guy. How can I get my foot in the door? How can I get the opportunity? Because visibility is essentially marketing of some sort, right? What are you doing to get yourself out there? Um, and I, I heard a quote the other day, actually, was if you ignore marketing, the market will ignore you, which I love. It makes total sense, right? So visibility is marketing. It's how do you get the appointment, the seat at the kitchen table, and then ability, which is knowledge and, and what you know, and that matters. You have to know your stuff, but unless you have the opportunity, you can be a great realtor and know all the stats and be an awesome choice for people. But if no one knows who you are, it doesn't matter. Right? So what it comes back to is I started doing those videos and, and if I had never started doing those videos, I never would have been on the media today. It's like that first video where I was sitting in my old condo with crappy lighting and terrible sound. And I remember like I wore a full suit and, and I was sitting there like this and, and speaking, I was like being this version of myself. I probably wasn't. 
and the feedback I would get was like, Hey Tom, I watched your video. Great. Like your eyebrows didn't move though. Like you feeling okay? <laughs> you know, like, so it's just a, it's a learning curve, but the, the big thing, the point I want to get across is that that first video I filmed in my condo at the end of 2016 for a market update. If I never did that, I never would have had the opportunity where the media saw one of my videos and asked me to comment on something. And then that turned into other things. So it can be used in that context. It can be, I can't tell you how many times I have people reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram being like, Hey Tom, I'm ready to buy a house. And I'm like, I haven't even talked to you in five years, but they're silently watching and consuming. And, and the cool thing about, about video is I think it actually makes you become better at what you do if you have to talk about it. So it's like, I know the numbers really well because I talk about it because I look at it every month because I force myself to, and that keeps me up to date on the marketplace and the benefit you think you're going to get out of it is probably not actually what's going to happen. Like I started video for my clients, but what it's turned into is an amazing source for realtor referrals across Canada because I'm sure most of us in real estate, half our Instagram is other realtors anyways, right? <laughs> so at first it was like, oh, they're just stealing my content and whatever. And that's fine. That's totally cool. But then it turned into people messaging me being like, hey, I have a person in Toronto that wants to buy. Can you help them? And I'd never met this person face to face before. So yeah, in a long rounded answer, I, uh, I just had to do something different because I really had no other opportunity or choice. I had to make myself stand out in some way. You've been at it for about, <clears throat> seriously, is it fair to say three years or four? Um, I guess like taking it really seriously, probably four, four and a half. Yeah. And is that based on your experience and everything you've seen, is that the, you know, if, if someone was to start today, yep. are they looking at a two to three year oh, yeah. to get that sort of traction? Yeah. Because, you know, when you first start, you just every opportunity is a brand new opportunity and there's no repeat business, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you talk to any successful realtor, their business, the foundation will be built on repeat and referral. Like it's not rocket science. You treat people well, you know what you're doing. The, the before unit, let's call it, and the after unit, how you treat people before and after they, they actually work with you, the middle parts, the actual buying and selling, I think are actually more important than the actual process. Um, how you stay in touch with people. So if I had started again today knowing what I know, I wouldn't spend a dollar outside my database until I was getting a minimum 15 to 20% return. Um, so the cool thing is, and like I know this system works, and again, I didn't create this, but other realtors, uh, there's a guy in Vancouver, Keith Roy, he gave me this idea, and basically it's like every month, I have a reason to call my database, and I never have to say, hey Rich, it's Tom, can you send me some business, please? Never. It's always, hey, Rich, did you have fun at my client event? Hey, Rich, did you have fun at the home show that I sent you free tickets to? Hey, Rich, did you get that video CMA about your property? It's, it's never a sales call. So, so I would always start there for every hundred true people in your database. I think anyone, if you stick with a system, a 12-month touchpoint system, you should be able to get 15 transactions out of those hundred people. And they're not all going to move but you'll get referrals internally. So yeah, I, I would start today. I would focus all my time and energy on my database and how to treat them amazing. Like, do you have a systematized day-to-day, -day, you know exactly who you're going to talk to every single day? 
I wouldn't you say just not organized. Not like that. It's not like I have a list of the people that I'm going to call. Um, it's more just there's an activity. It's kind of funny. Like I send so much content to my clients that even though they don't maybe talk to me every month, they feel like they do. So I, and I get that response sometimes. So I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't get to the office and sit down and go like, okay, from 9am to 11am, I'm going to prospect. Like my prospect is my system that I'm doing to my clients. Right. And it's kind of organic. Like it's just, they, they reach out to me and have a conversation. But my, my thing that's been working for me, and I'll tell you a funny story. Like I've got coffee in front of me here. I'm not actually convinced I like coffee. All I'm convinced of is that I like the routine of making coffee, sitting down at my desk and drinking it while I start my day. Like, I, I don't know. Um, so every night when I'm in bed and we're all playing on our phones anyways, I, I email myself and I schedule it for 7.30 a.m. the next day. Like, here's the things I want to accomplish. And I always make sure I accomplish them by noon the next day. Because in real estate, we get so caught up, you know, working on our business and we have to, like you have to work on your business. It's so important. But then we forget about the things that are actually money-making activities. Like at the end of the day, anyone can say, oh, I would do my job for free. Okay, then do it for free. Like, you know, you can say whatever. You're doing it to make money and have a lifestyle and there's nothing wrong with that in any profession, right? So focus on the activities that are actually going to be income generators. And for real estate, it's really just, you know, you can meet with buyers and do a buyer consultation. They buy homes. So that pays you. You can meet with sellers. They sell homes. Or you could show some properties and make some offers. Like those are the three things that turn into actual results. Now, there's lots of things that you can do that get you those appointments. But those are the big three. So if I were brand new right now, I would have my week, my times, and I would just focus on how do I try to get those three type of appointments new buyers, new sellers, show properties. And if I didn't have one of those big three, I would think like, okay, what do I need to do to book one of those big three? Who do I need to call on my database? Who, who do I need to reach out to? Is there a video I can put out on the current market that I can connect with people with that, that makes you top of mind? The conclusion I've come to is that the average person only really needs a realtor like less than 2% of their life. People don't move that often. If they move a lot, it's maybe 2%. So when we're communicating with our clients, that 98% of the time that they don't need us, that's totally cool. But when that 1% or 2% comes, why would they think of you? So my whole business model is just based on how can I send informative, valuable, you know, non-salesy information to my people and treat them amazingly well so that when that 2% comes, they call me and not somebody else. That's really like, it's, it's very simple. But that's how I look at my entire business model. It's a really great way to look at it because you're absolutely right. When I look at the, you know, our current database or, you know, clients and whoever we've worked with, <clears throat> they do reach out and ask questions about what's happening in the market. But odds of them moving in the next three to five years are pretty low. Like the probability is really, really low. Yep. But they're really nice people and I love to communicate with them. But when they talk to you that day and you give them a market update and they go home and have a beer on their balcony and talk to their neighbor, like I just, you never know what could happen. Right. Um, yeah. I think just like having those people on your side and I think that, but that's exactly what I was saying before. Like you want to be the resource when they don't need you. Right. Because right. it's, it's, 
I learned this from a guy named Dean Jackson. It's now or not now. So it's now. You want to buy or sell now. That's cool. Or it's not now. And either one are totally fine, right? But when we get a lead, we bucket them. This person said 60 days. This person said 30 days. This person said, and that's fine, but it's never exactly what you think. So it's just when it's now, okay, why would they reach out to me? Right. What's, what's the opportunity? Why would they call me? So that's really, that's all it is. Because you, you take a, a bucket of 100 leads that come in for anything, whether it's buying a pen or a dishwasher or a home, the stats say that about 50% of them will buy but it's going to take 18 months. So that doesn't work in real estate. That doesn't, that doesn't go into my system, right? Um, 50% will buy, but it's 18 months. Only 15% will actually buy that product in the first 90 days. And that doesn't, you know, add up to what we're taught in real estate and how to put, you know? So it's like all those leads that you got from previous years, I bet you if you sent them a one line email saying, hey, did you end up buying in whatever town where, that you work in? They probably say yes. And you realize how many slipped through the cracks just because they weren't ready on your timeline. 150 million percent, by the way. You know, we came to a market. We didn't know anyone up here in the Barry market, Simcoe County. And our database showed that 15% we're going to buy within 90 days. Very similar. I don't know if we're getting the same stats or someone's telling us the same thing, but you know, we knew 50% were, weren't going to ever do anything, but 50%, you know, the 35% would do something in about 18 months to 24 yep. months. And you're absolutely right. I can't tell you my systems when they follow up with people six, 12, eight months, 18 months later, they've done something. And I was not part of that transaction. And then I realized that I'm so short sighted, right? If it's not on my time, it's a pain, right? Truth is I'm a service provider Yep. and I need to serve people with the best of intentions and to be a better version of what our industry is. Yep. And that's a big mistake because I'm impatient. I want it now. I'm selfish. I, th I think, well, the, most of us are, right? Like we have goals and we need to see behavior is like, we know the behavior is what gets us the result. But when you're a go-getter, you want the result fast, right? And it can sometimes be frustrating when it's always like, okay, track the behavior, track the behavior because the results will just start showing up. And they do. They just never show up on your timeline. Like, I don't care how good your system is, you can't guarantee when a friend of yours is going to, their neighbor's moving and, and they decide to refer them to you. You just, that's, it's life. Like, you just can't, you can only control so much. And you've really got to operate in faith then, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're operating in faith, really. If you think about it, where, you know, you decide to just get involved in a business where, less than 2% of people over the course of their lifetime are ever going to use your services. Yep. You have 55,000 other agents that want that business over the course of their lifetime. And I'm going to go out there and market myself and act in faith just with the hopes and prayers and dreams of that someone will transact with me eventually. <laughs> I know. That's the truth. Yeah. No, I, it's tough. Like, you know, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I mean, no. that is really the truth of it. And you buck, the trend well i think i just had my blinders on where i was like i'm just not not gonna make this happen and i think you know what you had just talked about that's a big reason why a lot of newer agents are going to join teams now because mm -hmm. the, the the big team the mega team is taking over market share and and that switching and like you know i have a team now we have four team members and it's awesome 
but it's like that wasn't necessarily what I was trying to do. That just kind of all fell into place and it's been great and I haven't had any turnover, knock on wood. And it's like, a, we're like a, a well-oiled small machine and I like it. It's right. nice. It's, it's fun. We get to work with our people. Um, if a client calls me, they still get, it's still me. Like I haven't delegated everything. Like I'm still having the conversations and overseeing everything. But yeah, for, for any agent really. And even like, I'm sure during this time frame, as things slowed down, even experienced agents that worked alone were probably looking around being like, huh, it would, have, it would be nice to have someone to talk to right now. It is a very lonely business for sure. Yeah. When you look at why an agent will start in the business and be gone in five years, 90% of them are gone in five years, yeah. maybe even less. Those are American statistics. I'm sure they run you know, concurrent with what happens here in Canada. Um, why do they leave? Like, why, like what, what is the reason? And, and that's where I'm trying to, yeah. it's probably really trying to figure what is creating that peak result and, or just even production alone. Why, what is it? And you've seen a lot of people, you've been around some of the top producers in the country. Um, do you have an opinion on why they leave? Um, I think well, expectation coming into it is probably a big part of it. They expect something specific because of what they've been told or what they've watched on TV and when it's not that, um, the, you know, the one thing with our industry is like all our social media stuff, myself included, we tend to post the positives and the funds, but that's certainly not what the whole day looks like. And, and I think when people realize like, oh, this isn't just this money making activity, you can't just print money selling real estate, you get discouraged. So I would say the, the big three for me, and this is what, this is why people would leave the industry. And what's going to separate like that million dollar producer from the person just scraping on getting by. And the first one we already just talked about it, it is patience. Like fundamentally, the systems that work in real estate, I know the tools are different, but meeting with buyers and meeting with sellers is how you sell real estate. So that hasn't changed, right? So you have to have the systems and be patient with them. The second one is consistency. Success, whatever success means to anybody, I would say is all those boring, mundane, daily tasks that nobody sees, but they add up. And we had talked about before behavior, right? You do the behavior and results start coming. So you can only really track your behavior because you can't predict the results. So, so we have patience, we have consistency. And then the third one is execution. So that's, that's what I see the biggest thing is I'll talk to other realtors and Tom, I have this idea and I'm going to do this. And then six months later, they didn't do it. So um, why don't uh, they do it, Tom? Because I think you just nailed it, right? There's a gap between knowing something and actually doing it. And that, I mean, I harp on this quality all the time and, and it gets boring for a lot of people, but that is the magic, holy grail. That's it. it. Right, that's it right there. It's either I'm doing it or I'm not, even though I know it and I'm not doing it, nothing's going to happen. So what is that? How do you fill that gap then? I think there's this weird safety net where I actually think, and myself included, at a certain point when I started doing fairly well, when you've never experienced what that is, you almost get nervous and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm ready for this because then I have to keep doing this. And like, I think some people are actually scared to do too well because then they have to keep doing it or they'd rather stick to their comfort level. I don't know if that's exactly it. And a lot of people are just learners. They learn and they get ready, but they never do anything with it. And that's ready. Yeah. So, so during this time, when we've been sitting in front of our computers for the last three months, 
like everyone's been learning and consuming and consuming, but are they doing any of it? And that's it. Like the, the analogy I love the best is like, it's like ready, aim, fire, right? I'm sure you've heard this. It's like you shoot a gun, ready, aim, fire. And in real estate, it's ready. Okay. I have the idea aim. Okay. I'm planning the idea, but then they just keep aiming and they never fire because they're trying to make it perfect. Where if you just flip it, you know, ready, fire, aim. Okay. I have an idea. Let's do it. It might not be perfect, but I'm going to get it out there and I can tweak it and then I'll figure it out after. And I think that's just the thought process you have to have because everyone gets stuck in that planning phase, how to make it perfect. I'd rather do something and, and have a few slip ups and do it instead of never doing it. You know, I hate this borrow from Steve Jobs, but he said something really interesting. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only see how it worked by looking backwards. Yep. And if I'm actually, you know, even today, as we planned out this podcast and as I focus on creating something and as it, I have no idea how it's going to work. I have no idea where it's going to take me or the path. All I know is that I have to act extraordinarily consistently and aggressively for a period of time. And I don't know how long that period of time is. That could be 24 months, yeah. a year. It could be six months. It could be four years before I get the result. Well, it's like if you had a bunch of money in the stock market and you took it out the one day when the market went up 10%, you lost your yearly gain. It's the same, right? It's like, I think a part of that is it's actually kind of what makes our job fun <laughs> is that, you know, in a way, unless you have listings signed up, you wake up every day unemployed, right? To a, to a certain extent. You have no idea. Yeah. Right. And that is the excitement and the fear. And that's the challenge. I think that right there, it's where people all of a sudden they realize that it's not about granite. It's not about Right. Um, that house on that street and the data is all really important, but it's how many people have I communicated on a daily basis about buying or selling a piece of property. And this goes for any profession. Oh yeah. People have I communicated on a daily basis about whatever X widget we are engaged in. And it becomes very much like a factory job. If you look at it that way. Yeah. I mean, the same thing every single day, communicate in the same way. Yes. The nuances of actually doing a deal are different or personality might be different, but how do you keep yourself motivated? Because you just touched on something a few minutes ago, and we're kind of going off on a tangent, but you said all of a sudden I gained some success, and I, you know, and things were going really well, and then I realized, oh, I got to do this for the rest of my life to have this type of success? Do I really want to do it? Yeah. Do I really want to do what I have done for the rest of my life to continue to get the results that I'm currently getting because I like the result, but maybe I don't like the process. Yep. And I, I guarantee every producer has had that conversation privately in their mind. Oh, the scariest day every year is January 1st when like you, you had a great year and then you wake up and you start at zero and it's almost like when things are moving really well, you're almost like, oh man, like how I'm, I can't do this again next year. Like you're always going to have that seed of doubt, but then you, you follow the same things. You look back at your business, you tweak what, what didn't work and what did work and, and make changes. And you don't have to overhaul it every year, but you make little changes that eventually produce big results. Right. And the, the thing that I love is, okay. So the way I look at it is if you play a car game before the world of like online gaming, you're playing against the computers, you do your first lap, 
And then in your second lap, you actually see like a ghost version of your car. I hope that makes sense to everybody. And, and so you're racing against your first lap. So that's, that's my business. I want to beat my last lap every single year. And listen, at some point, it's inevitable for most people that you will hit a plateau. But if your plateau is at a certain dollar volume that you're excited about, there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. So um, I don't ever want to. I always want to keep going. But I also understand that, you know, you can go higher, you can make more, you can do all these things. And there's a certain threshold of, of comfort level of money that keeps you there. But once you go above it, it doesn't change anything. Um, so you just have to decide, you know, if you're working 24 hours a day selling 250 homes a year, congrats. As long as you love it, that's all good. But if you're neglecting your friends and your kids and your family, I'm just not sure it's worth it. So I think there's got to be some type of middle ground here where you can hit great performance levels, but it's not sacrificing your life. Because the whole point of doing this was to have a lifestyle. And if you're, all you're doing is selling homes, that, that, I guess that is a lifestyle, but you have to decide if you like that or not. 100%. And there does come a moment in time where you have to make a decision. Do I like the process of what I do? I like the results. Yeah. Do I like the process? And if I don't like the process every single day, why, why, why am I doing it? Right. I just interviewed a gentleman from the U S um, and he's coming out in the next little while. Um, he does 500 units a year Crazy. by himself with, with, hold on with a team, I think admin of seven admin and a driver. Interesting. Seven admin. I think that's the number. I have to relook at the notes and he has a driver. doesn't drive anymore. He just does business. And you know, it was super interesting. And I said, and I said, I mean, 504 units, I think last year alone and the last 30 days in COVID. And we talk about peak performance. Sure. The last 30 days, um, he's done over a hundred deals by himself. Yeah. And, and that was like, you know, he raised my perception of what's possible. Right. And that, that changes the idea of what's possible. And I think that's out of, it's out of New Hampshire. Rhode Even Island. that business model is really interesting because I've heard a lot about this. So, you know, your typical team is like five to eight sales people and then two to three administrators. Like that's a medium sized team in real estate. Right. Right. But then he's got the model where he's just got eight administrators, one employee driver. Right. And obviously getting amazing results. So it's interesting. Like, I don't know what the perfect balance is, but I, I've started to see more of that where some of these big teams, it's almost like 50-50 sales versus administration because there's so much work that has to go on in the back end to do that level of business anyways, that having people out selling, then you can't have everyone back at the office doing the paperwork, right? It's an interesting model. And, I, and I'm definitely going to, when we're allowed to, I'm going to fly down and, and have a gap on his business model because it's super interesting. And I said, how happy he goes, Rich, all I do is what I want to do. Yep. Everything else is farmed out. Yep. Every single piece of his business is farmed out except the conversation and putting the deal together. And he's just, you know, the team story is not, sorry. <laughs> the team concept is that we take away all the admin and we have lots of people out there doing that. But he's yeah. just, you know what? I don't need a whole sales force. 
I just love doing the deal and everything else I farm out because I'm not very good at it. I mean, that's, that's it. You know, I was always sold on this like, okay, you create a certain level of success so that at some point in your life, you can do whatever you want. Like that, you know, that's what we're sold. Um, or you can do nothing, right? You don't have to do anything and you make money and all these passive streams of income. But then like as COVID hit and I'm stuck at home doing nothing, I'm like, I don't want, if this is what this is, I don't want this, <laughs> right? So I think you just hit it on the head there. Like he's literally just doing what he wants to do. And I think that's the freedom it gives you. And everything is delegated out or farmed out, meaning he knows what he's worth per hour and anything under that is outsourced because he's actually doing his clients a discredit by doing all the small tasks that he doesn't need to do. Like he should just focus on the big picture and he is. And I, that's great. I think that that's honestly, that's what mo if most people could just focus on that, like what's the three things you enjoy to do in your business? And if it's, if you only like working with buyers, cool. You need to have someone on your team that does listings and you do all the buyers and you love it. You love buyers and, and one other thing. And that's what you do. I think that's it. I think that's what it's going to switch to because we get caught up on all, it's like the busy versus productive, right? hundred percent. Tom, you've had some pretty amazing experience. I think you're just about to turn 30 in the next year or two. <clears throat> um, what advice would you give anyone? I don't care how old they are. It doesn't matter to me. Um, this, this business is, um, um, it creates um, common ground because it's either you rise to the occasion emotionally or you don't. There's no in-between in this business. What advice can you give someone to keep them in the game and perform at a, at a really high level? Um, so what I would do is I would write down all the names of people you respect that are doing things at a high level in your marketplace or not yep. and reach out to them and ask how they did it. Like, I know that sounds so simple, um, but I started doing that. And what I found is that most of the high producers and achievers are literally willing to give you what they do on a platter because they know that they give it away a hundred times. Two people are actually going to do it. So if you're really serious, like you don't have to reinvent everything. Like my listing presentation, my buyer presentations are versions of million dollar producers in other markets that have been willing to share it with me and I made it my own, right? I'm not saying steal from people, but ask and then tweak it. And because it's so cool, like I probably saved myself literally five years of trial and error by asking people what they did. And the people that are, I don't know, you know, the, the people that make the most amount of noise and you see everywhere and you're not actually sure if they do a lot of business, they're the ones that are going to be hesitant to share anything with you. But the ones that are actually truly successful are willing to give it to you. So that's what I would do. I would, I would start there. Okay. Um, and I, you have to have some type of accountability. So whether it's a business coach, whether it's a team leader, whether it's just another person in the office, there's got to be something. Like I know when I do my coaching call every two weeks, it forces me to write down what I did, what I didn't do, and what my struggles were every single two weeks. And I can see my numbers, what my goals were. It's all in front of me. And it's like, you know, you go to a, a big conference and you leave and you're like, yeah, yeah, you feel so good about your business. And then two days later, you're like, oh, that seems like a lot of work. Well, this is like, I get a mini like shot of adrenaline every two weeks by having someone, someone, someone else's perspective 
to communicate with. So I would say get some type of accountability and ask people, ask people what they're doing, ask the successful people how they're successful. I think you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to share it with you. Okay. I think it's an amazing advice. When you look out, uh, and by the way, like you, I believe you actually, and I've seen the numbers, less than 2% of people will actually follow through on that advice. Yeah. Right. You know what? Like, for example, you have, let's talk about you for a second because you're so gracious enough to be on this and I appreciate that. You actually run a video course for other agents and, um, you know, I think you, you launched your inaugural one, you know, 75, I believe people were on the course and let's, let's talk about how many people are actually actively executing on the idea on a daily basis. Can you give me just a percentage? Yeah. Um, well, I would say for that course is actually fairly high um, because they paid for it. And I actually think that's a, that's an interesting concept. Um, you get something for free, you don't take it as seriously. Right. So, so I actually remember when I signed up for real estate coaching, I had a whole, whole bunch of different ones. I actually took the most expensive option yeah. more just to show myself, like if I take the cheap one, I'm not going to take it seriously. So so, and then it's like having the accountability. So for the video course that I run, we're going to teach you all the fundamentals because it's all the roadblocks that don't get you to start, right? So like at this point in our course, we've already taught all the equipment, all the video ideas, how to edit, you know, how to use the backend systems, how to communicate with your clients. Like I've given them everything where when they have an idea now, they have everything they can just do it because the roadblocks are gone. Like the hurdles are gone. Um, so it's been great. And then accountability wise, we have a tracker that we make them fill out. They don't all do it. But then we have like a members only Facebook group and everyone, it's like a judgment free zone. Cause a lot of these people are posting their first videos. Right. And it's so rewarding for me to see like people are posting in this group and everyone's commenting on everyone's videos and telling them what they liked and what they can get better on. So you get that group community and it just kind of keeps you going. Right. Right. Um, so it doesn't really matter what it is, but, uh, it's just having, you have to have some sort of person that can call you on your shit or else you're going to go around thinking things are great and have no idea when you're falling off track. Yeah. You know, I have a coach who calls me on mine and I'm, and even though I know what I know in my study and, you know, I'm, my latest run is expert secrets and traffic source by Russell Brunson. And I'm always educating, really trying to understand what's next. I still need someone to say, Hey, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I'm really sorry. What do you think? Why didn't I do it? Let's figure that out. And, um, you know, you have a, a group within your organization, R- RLP, which is the Chairman's Council. Yep. That's a unique group. How much of an influence has that been in your business? Oh, huge. Like my whole goal to get into that, and it just represents the top 1% of our company, um, was literally because I, want, I needed to sit at the table with other people that had been successful for many, many years. Like right. that was... My whole goal of getting there, I don't really give a crap about the award stuff. I, I needed to get to that level so I could sit in the, I needed the opportunity to sit in the room with these other people that were doing it at a high level. Got it. Because at a, at a certain point, like you never, you know, the joke's always like, don't be the smartest person in the room. I know with this group, like it's, it's never going to happen. So I'm good. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'm good. And the cool thing is like when things are going well for you and whatever you do, you get stuck in your own little bubble. Um, but when you can hear experiences from people that have done it much longer than you, and you know, quite frankly, I've been selling real estate for six years 
in a really good market. It's the truth. Yep. It's, been a, it's been a good market. Okay. I haven't felt the real struggle of a tough market and how to build out a team. And like, I have never personally gone through that, but I know when those times come, I'm going to have, you know, 15, 20 people I can lean on that can coach me through it. So for me, it was like, yeah, breaking into that group was just like surrounding myself with other people that I can learn from. And I think that's something where a lot of people don't have the opportunity to play in, or they haven't reached that level yet. So they're very, they're very lonely. Like yeah. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm with them, you know, I'm in real estate and there is no one in my office. Yeah. Zero. Just yeah. me by myself up here. There's no one down there. There's no one in their offices, no one working that I can see. And that is, you know, so this opportunity for me is my networking. This is something like, wow, this guy's creating an amazing result. What can he teach the world? Yeah. And you're doing an amazing job by teaching the world and sharing what you do. Um, I am, because video is such an important part of your life, should someone be doing video and can they compete against someone like you? Interesting. Uh, and I, I, you know, like, yeah. like in your market today, you know, if I came down to um, Toronto, I said, you know, Rich Fournier is going to, I'm going at video. I'm going, I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to be the number one guy. Yep. Is it super hard to compete and is it worth the time? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the pie is big enough that there can be several players in anything. Um, and my whole thing is with video. Um, my core database of clients is under 250. Like those are the people I run my system, have all my big events, and they bring me mo most of my business. Um, and I have, I'll explain my three other ways I generate business too, but that's it. Like that's, if I could only keep one, it would be that. So with video, when yep. you're starting out, your core people, your past clients, your database, your center of influence, whatever you want to call it, that's who you're speaking to. That's all you should care about. How are you keeping these people? Because that's, that's what's going to generate real business for you. Like, yeah, once in a while, I'll get the call and the, you know, I saw your video. Can you help me? But it's not the core of everything. The video is just another way to stay in touch with my actual people. And the thought process behind it is, Sure, I'm the one being filmed talking, but it's not about me. It's, it's not about me at all. Like I personally don't turn on the news to watch that specific newscaster, right? I turn on to hear the information. So that's you switch that mindset. It's not about you, how you look that day, blah, blah, blah. It's what's the message that you're getting across and is it bringing some type of value to people? Because I think if you, can, if you consistently deliver information and it's like, it's the value gap. It's what the public thinks they know versus what we actually know because they think they know more than us anyways. And in some cases, that's totally true, right? Um, what's your value gap? What, what's, why would they call you? Um, so, so to answer the question, like, yeah, I, people can absolutely compete because you're not actually competing with me. You're just talking to your clients. And even though I post my videos on all the other platforms, even if I had only just sent them directly to all my clients through my CRM, I'd still be getting really good results. The rest is just bonus. Got it. Got it. You know what? I think you nailed it right there. That's, a, that's an amazing piece of advice. And our listeners, please take this advice. I don't care what industry you're in. Use video. Communicate. with Not everyone wants to talk every single day, but they will consume that information. I know when I go to bed and 
I'm on my phone looking and watching yeah. video and watching what other people are doing and consuming information. And, you know, I could be doing other things, but I'm on my phone and that's where we have to meet our, our consumer. Um, Tom, I appreciate you very much. This is the second time that you've sat down with me. First time I blew it and I appreciate you being so gracious. Thank you so much for giving this information and sharing what you do to the masses. And thank you for elevating this industry. Um, you are a true professional and you, the, the amount of caring that you, that comes out of you is quite apparent. And um, I know our listeners will understand that and they will see that. And thank you for being um, a, a good example for what real estate agents should be. I appreciate that. No, thank you. Thank you for having me back on. I, I love chatting just with other people that are in similar mindsets. And that's why I was so excited to do this anyways. Thank you. Um, it gets you like pumped up about your day, about your business. And so thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks again. Have yourself an amazing day. You too. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.